Shannon Kaysen's Homemade Stories is proud to be supported by the Friends of Homemade Stories. Thank you to everyone who listens, enjoys, and supports the stories. I'm going to call you out if you supported me since the previous episode. To all my friends, Gary B., appreciate you. Yaya, thank you, Yaya. My best friends, Mary M., Tony D. from Metropolis Coffee, thank you for keeping me caffeinated. My play cousin, Robin N., incredible support, Robin. I appreciate you truly. And thank you to everyone who reaches out and stays in touch. Lorelai and Varie, thank you for the kind messages. JBS, thanks for always sharing your stories with me. Genevieve G for coming to my show, getting mugs and other exciting opportunities that we have coming up. This is a friend-funded podcast. Visit Patreon backslash Shannon Kaysen and you'll get weekly stories, episode recaps, storytelling advice. I want to start a book and movie club soon, so let's get a conversation going there. Go to Patreon backslash Shannon Kaysen or dollar sign Shannon Kaysen on Cash App if you just want to go the direct route. I appreciate all your support. Enjoy the show. Okay, there's going to be some exciting changes for Homemade Stories Podcast, which is going to mean more and more stories on a consistent basis. I'll share more details at the very end of this podcast, so listen to the very end to learn more. Make sure you follow me on YouTube, search Shannon Kaysen, and also at Shannon Kaysen on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. There's more and more stories there. Okay, enjoy the show. Welcome to Homemade Stories number 123. I'm Shannon Kaysen. There's never anything wrong with giving something new a try. Your attention notices something, and you wonder... I wonder what it's like to go to the opera. I've never been to Montana or Nebraska. Let's take a weekend trip and see what it's all about. I think I'm going to take a knitting class. You never know. You may find a new love, a new talent, or it may not work. But if you don't try it, you'll never know. And that's what this story means for me. Restaurants always look like a fun environment. The servers usually look good and are in good shape generally. Um, And I wondered what it would be like to work at a restaurant. So I tried. I hope you enjoy. I worked as a server once. I needed money. I heard that servers can make good money. Similar to people with cubicle jobs. And the cubicle jobs weren't hiring fast enough. So I decided to try serving tables. The biggest issue... I've never served tables before, but it can't be that hard. It looks pretty simple, actually. (laughs) I can feel the servers laughing out there, people who served tables before. Chicago is designed for dining. Each neighborhood offers cuisine based on its culture. You can go to Chinatown and enjoy MCCB. It's always delicious. They have a new restaurant that just got a Michelin star, uh, Yao Yao. Try them out. If you go to Hyde Park, go to Virtue. I remember I sat at the bar at Virtue and it became a date with the lady who was sitting next to me. We went to other bars and everything. It was it was nice. If you're in Little Italy, try Tuscany. Great service and tiramisu. I've sat at the bar there. I had a good dinner, drinks, no date though. And if you go to Greek town, go to Athena. Go when it's warm so you can sit outside. Inside is ah, uh, but outside is where it's at. And if you're downtown on Michigan Avenue, 
There's every restaurant that can appeal to every visitor's palate, so enjoy. I wanted to be where the most people were, so I started applying to restaurants downtown. I went to all the busiest restaurants. Bandera, when it was open, it was closed due to the pandemic, but it used to be this cool, swanky place overlooking the Magnificent Mile. Nice bar, good food, jazz music. Now it's a new place called The Evie. I haven't been yet, but it looks pretty nice. Smith & Walensky, which is a white tablecloth steakhouse for the business meeting crowd. I like that place a lot. Rosebud, which is one of my favorite places to take my mom when she visits. You can get Italian, you can get a steak. You'll pay well for it, but it's delicious. And all of these restaurants had an over $200 final bill. Places where I had spent over $200. Now I need that money back. Here's how you apply to restaurants. Number one, you go in at the downtime for the restaurant, usually around 2 p.m. or so. Number two, you ask for an application. Usually the bartender or host can grab it. Three, you fill out the application there. Four, when you're done, you ask to give it to a manager. Five, when the manager comes, it's time to turn on the charm. I'm naturally an introverted person. People don't believe this, but I'm not an awkward introvert. I just expend a lot of energy when I interact with people. So I can sweet talk and charm and talk real good, but it wears me out. But I have to do it to get this job. Because I'm introverted, I go into these modes. It's like characters that I draw from. Beyonce has Sasha Fierce, Eminem Slim Shady, George Clinton, Dr. Funkenstein. I have characters and avatars I can become. One is even a lion, but that's a bedroom thing. That's another story. These are characters to get a job. And they're celebrities that I see a little bit of myself in. One is Jamie Foxx. He's full of energy, funny, liable to say anything. Will Smith, confident, calculated, comfortable to everyone. This is pre-COVID Will Smith. I, I still have hope for Will Smith. You know, everybody loves a comeback story. And Samuel L. Jackson, always cool, laid back, approachable, but don't fuck with me demeanor. It will work like this. If the manager was a man, I'll pull from Jamie Foxx. So I'm going to stay who I am, steaming Willie Beeman. If the manager was a white woman, i give more Will Smith. White women love Will Smith. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you will, look right here. If it's a sister, I'll add more Samuel L. Jackson to the mix. You know me. It's my duty to please that booty. Finish up. Let's go. She can still feel I'm polished, but I'm a real one. If anything goes down, I got your back, sis. The male manager at Rosebud didn't really care about my Jamie Foxx mode when he came to pick up my application. He was dry and dismissive. Later, I found out that Rosebud had a class action lawsuit for discriminatory hiring practices for not even considering black applicants. The white lady at Bandera decided to interview me on the spot. I guess my Will Smith was working. So tell me about your serving experience. Well, this would be my first experience, but I catch on fast. I'm a natural at everything I do. <laughs> you know me. Okay, okay. So, so how would you handle a dissatisfied table? Well, I wouldn't have any dissatisfied tables because everyone loves me. I always smile. I make lighthearted jokes. And on the inside, I'm a hurt little boy who wants acceptance. I could crack at any moment, but I keep all that on the inside. Keep my wife's name out your fucking 
now! All right. Well, uh, thank you. Thank you. We'll, we'll be in touch. I could feel the brush off. Clearly. I felt discouraged. It wasn't going well. I started walking the back streets of downtown Chicago, hiding from the restaurants on the main Michigan Avenue. I spotted a restaurant almost hit, Buca de Beppo, a family-style Italian restaurant. Walking in, it felt like a dungeon under all the buildings. I asked the host for an application. I filled it out at the empty bar. I asked the host if a manager was available. A black lady came from the back. I dug in my bag for my Samuel L. Jackson. Cool, calm energy, and one bad motherfucker under the surface. She noticed. I could see it in her eyes. We walked to an empty booth. I slid in one side. She slid in the other. So do you have any experience serving? Honestly, I've never served tables before. But everyone has to start somewhere. I just need you to give me a chance. She looked at me. I looked at her. She said, we have a training class starting next week. I was in. The trainer was about 15, 20 years younger than me. Redhead girl. When I told her I'd never served at a restaurant before, she gave me a double look and looked over at the manager. The manager gave a shrug and a smile. The redhead told me, usually I'd only shadow for a few days if I was experienced, but I could shadow her for the week just to get the hang of it all. She was nice. She did all the work the first few days. I followed behind and carried spaghetti to the table, picked up extra bread, poured water in the glasses. The last three days of the week, I took on the lead responsibility of waiting tables and she shadowed me. It was more difficult than I expected. Meeting new people all day long, it was definitely draining. But after a while, I stopped seeing new people as new people. They were all the same person and I could use the same script for everyone. Same jokes over and over and over again. Same fake laughs. <laughs> it created a consistency that wasn't as draining as starting a new experience each time. Another thing that became second nature is yelling corner. Whenever I walked around a corner, I find myself in regular life situations, like at the grocery store yelling corner, yelling corner at home, corner in my dreams, corner. After the first week, the manager came by and asked my trainer if I was ready. The redhead gave that same shrug with a smile. The crew at Buca de Beppo in Chicago under the buildings was a collection of young and older servers. The young redhead who's always happy, I know she does some sort of drug of some kind, maybe Adderall. An older black guy who was in good shape, didn't say much, he was at work to work, probably on some sort of hormone with all that vascularity in his arms. There was a grunge guy who always wore a bandana. He lived about 50 miles away in the suburbs. I know he does some serious drugs, maybe even heroin. And then the Wrigleyville guy who always asks who wants to bar hop after every late shift. I mean, he openly mentions cocaine. He's not even hiding it. To this day, I play a game at most restaurants where I try to guess the drug use of the servers. I'm not trying to offend nobody, but try it on your next date night out. It's fun. My trainer started me off on weekdays with two tables, which I could handle pretty easily. Then it moved up to three tables, which was a challenge. I forget things like the lemon for the water or the extra this or that. I leave the dungeon under the skyscrapers exhausted with only a little money to show for a mentally and physically demanding day. 
By my third week, no one cared that I was a new server. It was time for me to swim or sink. I could get up to four tables and they scheduled me for the weekend. But now I can make some real money. The first day was a blur. One of my biggest issues was remembering the extras. I would always forget the lemon for the water, extra bread, extra side plate. You want Cholula or Tabasco? Yeah, I'm going to forget that shit. (laughs) Sorry, that is just funny. (laughs) Wait a second. The next day wasn't better. Another issue was the restaurant POS computer screens. They were set up in neutral locations where servers could go and type in their orders for the cooking staff. I learned the basics on how to use it in training, but the staff there could use it like my daughter on her iPhone. I asked the redhead girl, how can you type in orders that fast? Once I had a group of Karens and everyone at the table had dietary restrictions and substitutions. And this is another thing. I said Karens, and I don't usually group people in stereotypes. Uh, I'm smarter than that. And if you've listened to my stories, you know this. Uh, I let your mind decide the race mostly. And actually, I'm totally against grouping people in common stereotypes. But as a server, discrimination is acceptable. Karens have extensive demands, but they tip decent. The blacks have extensive demands, but they're terrible tippers. The Europeans, pretty easy going, but no tip. The LBGTQ and whatever alphabets I'm missing, they're usually pretty easy going and expect a big tip. And everyone gets discriminated against equally in their own way. Just don't get caught as in Rosebud's case. But I'm sure it happens in every industry in its own way. Discrimination exists. So to hell with you if you get offended. You know, I'm just being honest. I like to be honest. Okay, now back to what I was saying. The group of Karens were making a complicated order. I had to write it all down because it was just so much. When I got to the POS system to send the order to the kitchen, I was typing the order with the careful touch of grandpa with an iPad. And the Wrigleyville guy was waiting behind me huffing and puffing. He got impatient, reached around me, and placed my order on hold without asking, then put his order in and said, moving too slow, but let me just put this in real quick typed his order in, and walked away. Oh no, sir, you will not. I didn't do anything right at that moment. I'm big on patience, timing, and the element of surprise. I went back into my order and carefully added all the Karen's special requests. Later that night, when I saw Wrigleyville by himself, I stopped him and said, let me holler at you real quick. I asked him, hey, you like your pride? He said, huh? I said, your pride. He looked clueless. I said, man, you you seem pretty cool. People around here respect you. But if you reach over me again while I'm putting in an order, I'm going to make everyone look at you differently. And he could see the fuck this job in my eyes. It's all good, but I know it is. And we never had issues again. Actually, it broke the ice and we got pretty cool. A few horrible weekends passed. It wasn't getting any easier for me. I'd work until clothes feel drained and end the day with $150. Not bad, I guess, but other servers would have three, four before they went on to more bars and I went home. I just couldn't keep up. Then I had my best and worst Saturday. 
I had a string of Karens, blacks, Europeans, but it was the LBGTQ community that did me in. But it wasn't them. It was my pride. I had been running around slinging spaghetti and meatballs all day. Pause. And one of the final tables of the day was a booth in my section. Two men and their daughter. They were both so nice when I greeted them. And after I took their orders, they asked if I'd bring a small side of spaghetti for their daughter because she was hungry. And it would keep her occupied while they enjoyed their glasses of wine. I brought the wine, but of course, I forgot the side of spaghetti. Oops. After they ordered their meals, their wait was longer than it should have been because I forgot to put their orders into the POS system right after I wrote them down. Oops. And when I brought their food, I had been running so much that the sweat was dripping down my face. I auctioned off their meals at the table, meaning who had this and who had that. Oops. All while streams of sweat was pouring down my face. And I never really give excuses. I come from the philosophy that the only excuse is death. But I did mention to them that I was new. And I wasn't really new, but I was new. They were so graceful, so forgiving. I was humbled by how understanding they were. Even though I messed up everything that they had asked me, they still smiled every time I checked in with them. At the end, when they paid their check, and they paid cash, they left for a $100 tip. It made that Saturday the best day of my restaurant serving career. But my pride, my pride felt the pity. At the end of the shift, I went into the manager's office. The same manager who hired me and gave me the chance. I asked her if we could talk after all the closeout duties were done. And she said yes. So after me and all the staff closed out the restaurant, the redhead who's always so nice refilling the condiments, the muscular older black guy who never said more than three words to me, draining the ice, the bandana guy from out of town cleaning the soda dispensers, and me and Wrigleyville, who had become one of my best friends at the server job, rolling silverware. It's funny how a little blunt energy breaks down the barriers. After watching everyone get their final tip-outs and leave, I went into the manager's office, which was just a back supply room with a desk, as myself. No Jamie, Will, or Samuel, just me and my honesty. I don't think I'm making the cut. She said, so you leaving us tonight? Yeah, I don't think I'm made for serving tables, but I gave it my best try. She gave me my final tip out, about $300 that night. She said, this is your best night. I gave her a smile with a shrug. She understood. I left Buca de Beppo family-style Italian restaurant under all the buildings, and I walked to the train to go home. I didn't make much, but it got me out of the immediate crunch I was in, till I could find my very own cubicle. Or maybe something even better. Thank you for listening. This episode was produced by me. Shannon Casey. Make sure you subscribe and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Give me to a thousand reviews. I'm talking to you. Go review it right now. Subscribe to Shannon Casey on YouTube and follow at Shannon Casey on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. 
There are more and more stories on social media. Go to social media. But I'm going to be talking about that more in a second. Consider supporting the stories at patreon.com backslash Shannon Kaysen. Or use Cash App. I'm dollar sign Shannon Kaysen. Or whatever way works best for you. I appreciate you. And for more information on workshops and speaking engagements, go to shannoncason.com. Come back soon for more and more stories and stick around for after my mom's sound logo and hear more about what's coming up. Thank you. Mm, mm, mm. Now that's homemade. All right, so this is my diehards who stayed after the closing credits. So, okay, uh, big change. Shannon Kaysen homemade stories is coming to an end. So what's exciting about that? I mean, I wait, you waited to the end, and I'm telling you that there's going to be no more homemade stories. I know you enjoy my two stories a year. <laughs> you know, I'm very inconsistent, but instead of two to five stories a year, now you can expect more stories. After the most recent podcast movement, which was a few months ago, I had so many inspirational conversations. And that's a plug for podcast movement. If you're in this thing, you should go see other people and glean information from other people and wisdom who are in the same thing. Podcast movement is great for that. So I go every year, but I talked to a number of experienced people at podcast movement and spent some time in meditation and prayer too. And homemade stories is going to end. So this is the last episode, but it's going to be reborn. As Shannon Kaysen's homemade. So I'm dropping stories. It's going to be a new cover. Similar format, but but a new format. It's going to be the same RSS feed, so you don't need to change anything if you're a subscriber. Also, all the back archives of homemade stories will be disappearing over the course of this month. Many of these episodes, super old. I started podcasting way back in 2010. So many of those episodes are full of copyrighted music and I'm not supposed to legally use it. So I'm going to have to remove it, but I'm going to find a way to still keep those episodes available some way. So I'll, I'll keep you posted on that. But the bright side is all those old stories, the stories that you may have listened to in the past. They'll be renewed. I'm still the same Shannon case. I'm still the same person. So I'm going to take those old stories and just make them new. I've been doing that a lot with the uh, shorts and TikToks and, and Instagram reels, but many of those stories will become new podcast stories. Also, another big change is the stories will now be available on multiple platforms. Of course, Homemade will always be an audio podcast, but now it'll also be available on YouTube, so you'll see my face telling the stories. And this will all take effect over this month, November, and uh, relaunch will be sometime before the end of the year. That's my plan. New cover art, new format, new platforms, new stories, old stories renewed, and much, much more. So if you love Homemade Stories and you're excited about this shift, I encourage you to support the change by becoming a friend of Homemade on Patreon or go to ShannonCaser.com and support the show. You just don't know how much some good support helps. Good support always helps. So look out for more stories and thank you for staying to the end. I appreciate that. You still there? You don't want to leave? What's going on? (laughs) All right, I'll talk to you soon.